0: Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence.
1: Welcome sports fans, this is Wagering Week and I'm Tom Barton, that's right, we are Wagering Week. Lots to talk about, a lot of good things. I got some games here for you uh, for the future that we can make some money on, so make sure you pay attention. We got a lot to talk about. Facebook and Twitter at SportsGarden, G-A-R-T-E-N, 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N. Where can you hear us? Well, if you're listening right now, you're hearing us. But you can also listen on iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates, SportsGarden.com, SoundCloud, the whole works. So make sure you get in touch with us. Let's have a good back and forth. I get a lot of people asking questions. And... We're in uncertain times where I don't have a lot of answers, but I go, I dig up the answers. I make sure that I give you as best as we can get. So make sure that you reach out to us, and I will. If I don't have them right away, I will find out the answers. With that being said, we never want to concentrate on the coronavirus and what is going on, but we look at it from a sports perspective. So I'm not going to sit here and speculate uh, over and over and talk for the next hour. No, but I want to give you what we absolutely know and what is going on. Number one, Phil Hughes has confirmed what Trevor Plouffe first reported. Phil Hughes, Trevor Plouffe, both prior Major League Baseball players. They are both somewhat in the media right now. They have both said that June 10th looks like the date for spring training to begin with a July 1st opening day. That is really good news. Now, That is what Major League Baseball is hoping for. And as we've said every single week, understand this. They're putting things in place, Major League Baseball, to hope for certain situations. This obviously has to get past government. And government is number one and first and foremost in making these decisions. Major League Baseball could tell everybody, hey, we're ready to go. It's going to be fantastic. All right, we're ready to go. And then the governor shut it down. So they're putting together a plan that would open July 1st. Now, when this whole pandemic began, I said the things that I was hearing through the news, the things that I was hearing through people that are associated with it, through friends that I have in the league and whatnot, was a July 4th kickoff. So this goes right in line with two months of what we've kind of talked about here. Now, here's the opposition to that. And I want to... Make sure that we give you guys hope, but also the facts. The July 1st start date for the season, uh, look, this is what everybody wants, but there are some problems. Okay. Some politicians are turning around and saying that they will not allow any people in the stadiums. They won't allow the quarantine. They won't allow people out of it. Of course, doctors are cautious. Healthcare concerns obviously are number one. And Major League Baseball executives, just to show you where we are in the discussions, the Major League Baseball executives, they haven't even approached the players union yet. And now I told you last week, what Brett Anderson had said, and many other players were saying, there's no way that they would be put in full quarantine. No way they're going to not see their families for four and a half or five months or whatnot. So this is a little bit of politics being played. It's a little bit of hopefulness being played. But when you read an article or you hear someone say, well, July 1st is what they think. Let's take the word think out of it and say hope. There is hope that baseball begins on July 1st. There is hope that they're going to get 100 games in. That's what they want on July 1st. There is hope of that. But one of the biggest stumbling points is baseball's own union. Their own union was having issues with this. And that is unresolved as of now. Now, I can tell you this. Look, I live in New York. New York City is bustling again. In the last couple of days, people just sort of don't care. Now, the restrictions are not lifted. This is uh, the reason I mentioned New York is because it's one of the most affected area, obviously. And people are, I've started to come out there. Malls are supposed to open up next week. So it's going to be very difficult to keep sports away if everyone is sort of going back to normal. We'll keep an eye on this. And I will let you know what the proposal is, is a 100 game season. You're going to have three separate divisions. Okay. That is what we absolutely know let's talk about some of these other leagues. Well, Gary Myers was talking about the NFL starting because the NFL is fully believing that they are going to be starting. They're going to be ready to go. There shouldn't be any problems. They are a hundred percent just continue to keep telling everyone this is going to be fine. This is going to be absolutely fine. Well, Gary Myers said, depending on obviously which governors allow games in the States, He's hearing that the NFL may play some games in San Antonio, Utah, and Alabama. Very low-hit areas. You're not getting a home-field advantage generally. There's not going to be people in place. The schedule is going to be released, and and they're going to release it with a full-planned situation. But, guys, there's going to be still the idea. Do you let them travel? What's going on? How are we doing? There's going to be that. I've also heard... Florida, Arizona, and Texas as three other sites that could get this all going. So let's be cautiously optimistic. When you see the schedules released this week, be cautiously optimistic when we're sitting around, we're talking about, okay, what is going on with the teams and will there be a season now? As far as college football goes, this is getting into an interesting debate because the pros are one thing. The pros have to get past their union. The pros are getting paid millions of dollars. The pros are, look, this is their livelihood. It's very difficult to get into a a, a debate, an argument where you're stopping someone from making a limit. There's all kinds of things with the pros, but with college, there's another element to it. In college, college campuses are basically a Petri dish, right? In College, you're worried about your little boy or girl going out there and getting sick. Maybe people will choose distant learning. I know that in a couple of places, New York being one of them, they've already brought in the Gates Foundation who uh, we're talking about never going back to school again and and things of that nature. So understand the college format is different, but Danny Cannell put up a great poll on his Twitter and more than 30,000 people responded. Would you attend a football game without a vaccine? And 66% of people said yes. Then following that, University of Minnesota uh, Regions Michael Hugh basically said he's not bringing people back. This is what he said. He said, the odds are we're not going back to school and fall in person. That may mean that sports are not going to be happening at least in the beginning. So make of that what you will. Minutes after that, Purdue University puts out a statistic that says we will open up. So I think, I think it's good that the Major League Baseball executives are putting together a plan. I do still think that there's a big hurdle with that plan. Let's be honest. I think the NFL officials are putting together a great plan. And I've said all along, I think the NFL is going to be okay. Okay, I think they're gonna figure something out. College sports I'm a little concerned about. And you see these conflicting reports, you can you can see this, you can't open up unless everyone opens up. And right now, everyone's just not on the same page, which often in America, they're not. So that's something to pay attention to. I do want to mention something on the betting side of this. A lot of people are turning around and saying, well, what if the NFL only plays 14 games, right? What if they cut the schedule? What happens to my future bets? Well, this is very important because the novices out there, you guys don't know. You're not aware. And I've seen it come up on my timeline multiple times this week. Let me put this as simply as possible. Every one of your futures bets, rip up the ticket unless they play a full schedule. That is, it's the fine print in a sports book. It is right there. They've got to play the games. So I see so many people jumping on bets and going, oh, under, 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 because I don't think they're playing a full season. Well, if they don't play a full season, guys. Now, this is different than an injury, okay? If you bet two a passing yards, uh, it doesn't say he has to play full 16 games, right? So, it doesn't work for player props, but the season must be 16 games. So, I hope I didn't confuse you there. Look, if you have a team player prop, understand they have to play a full schedule. They have to play a full schedule. But if you're doing a player prop and he gets injured during the year, well, tough luck on you. The team still played the full schedule. So you don't have this guy has to continue to play. And to go down that rabbit hole a little bit further when you are playing player props, let's say you, you hear 15 minutes before the game that uh, Ezekiel Elliott is out. So you want to run to the counter and take all Ezekiel Elliott unders. Now, that doesn't work. If he doesn't suit up, it doesn't play. right? Now, he could play one carry. He could go out there, get one carry, and come off the field, and you cash every ticket. Okay. So just to give you the idea of the betting perspective there, I want to make that very, very clear. Because with this corona uh, question and where we are in the world, I see a lot of... Uh, mid-level and amateur handicappers attempting to find an angle that does not exist. This angle doesn't exist. You can't bet on the under because you think that there's going to be less of a season. That doesn't work like that. The sports books are too smart. They've put in fail-safes and the fail-safes are there. So, understand that you can't do that. Now, speaking of sports books, we do have some good news. And some good news is Colorado has launched Sports catalog has been approved. Six operators have completed testing, and they are ready to go. Um, Gaming director Dan Hartman said that most of this uh, will be ready to go, if not in the next couple of days. So we have FanDuel, we have DraftKings, we have BetMGM, we have BetRivers. All of them are going to be available in Colorado, and Colorado is positioning themselves to be, I guess you could say, the third, right? I know Mississippi positioned itself well, but they didn't do any of the, the revenue that we expected. Mississippi fell short on a lot of cases, and there's a, a number of reasons. By the way, they're also adding other people, so other launches and other licenses will be out there. And then the big one is our friend Jay Carnegie launched the Superbook USA, biggest Superbook in the country. The Superbook USA will be in Colorado as well. Now, Jay's from Colorado, so it makes a lot of sense. But it's something uh, right now that, that you look at in a hopeful eye. Because Colorado has an opportunity to build this the right way. Vegas is number one, clearly. Number two is Atlantic City, where we sit. Uh, I think that they really grab hold of this. And they were in competition months over the year with Las Vegas. Where does Colorado land in it? Oregon tried to to get a little footing. They kind of failed. Pennsylvania can be huge, but they kind of handcuffed themselves and put restrictions. I think they'll be lifted in Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania will be big, strictly for the sheer volume that is there you have states that are trying mobile first indiana will be big because they're feeding off of chicago and chicago and and Michigan just came into it. Once that all kind of gets, they'll dilute Indiana. So you have to think about long-term. I think Colorado has long-term feasibility here, guys. I, I do. I think Colorado is a place that you can thrive on their sports betting, can thrive on what they're going out and doing. And I like the idea that they came out and they came out with a big push. This wasn't something small. This was a massive big push and a big push push right away. Let's talk about Two other places where we do have some news, and they are the big two. The restart plans have come out for Atlantic City and Las Vegas. The restart plans are, are here, so let's talk about them. Well, let's first go to Atlantic City with the restart plan in Atlantic City and what that may look like. Now, the governor's restart plan, it, you know, look, that you could read this how you want to read it. The way it's read and the way it's written, Atlantic City casinos probably will not be open by Memorial Day. Really what we're looking, because he wants contact tracing, he wants testing. Uh, basically, what you're looking at is July 4th. And July 4th is is the realistic date. Now, for a beach town, July 4th opening, and that's not so bad, right? A beach town July 4th opening sounds pretty damn good. So how many people, even if you open it, how many people are going to flock back to a massively filled casino than a massively filled beach like Atlantic City. But I would say July 4th weekend is where you're looking with Atlantic City. As far as Las Vegas, the governor has put out his plan to reopen. And this is bad. It just doesn't look good. They're going to do half capacity, nightclubs, pool parties, those kind of things. Yeah, they're pretty much extinct if this plan holds up. People cheering around you, slapping five if you just hit a 21 on a table. No, no. That's not happening. Nope, absolutely not. The Gaming Control Board said they'll run at 50% occupancy, have strict social distancing rules. Guys, this is uh, going to change the face of of both of these cities, and it's it's a shame to see. Now, I don't want to get on, on all negative. We do have some positives. Sportsbooks specifically are taking measures to say, you know what? We will be ready to open up for sports no matter what. And there could be a positive through all of this corona action. Because this is something that has been needed for a while. So, I'll tell you what Circus Sports is doing. A lot of places in Vegas are beginning to kind of jump on this. So, expect this in more places. It's a copycat situation, it's a copycat business, and, and that's good for the customer. Just this week, Circus Sports is doing valet curbside sports service. You could sign up and activate a wagering account, curbside. No touch, full gloves, full mask. They're taking the precautions. You can deposit funds into your app, curbside. You got cash? You got a card? Here you go. You're not good with the computer or you just like to work in cash? You can do that. You can sign up for the Circus Sports Million and the Circus Survivor Contest, all curbside, all curbside. This is huge. Now, I will say this: they want they they put this out there. They wanted to tell everyone: make sure you have exact change. They're not going to be doing change, okay? So they're just taking money; they're not giving it back. That's that's a good fail safe. And you can't cash out. You know, you can't drive up to the curbside and say, "Okay, give me money." So it would have to go into an account of some sort. Uh, if you deposit cash, you still have to have a credit card, ATM card, or an account number, maybe even a PayPal, Uh, a Venmo, I think they're also taking. So you have to have something so you can collect your fees. But this is a step in the right direction. You're allowed to do a curbside. They're going to try to boost up mobile. I expect Atlantic City and New Jersey and the Meadowlands to do some sort of this in the next couple of weeks. Everybody should be doing curbside where we sit right now in the society. A lot of people have cash. They don't feel good with the banks. They have cash on hand. They want to make a little a little wager. Okay, go up, give you cash. Uh, go up, make a mobile deposit, whatever you might feel comfortable doing. So that's where we sit with the state of sports and Corona. I like baseball's plan. I'm hesitant to get too excited about it. I do believe the NFL is going to be—the NFL is always king anyway, but I believe the NFL will be king throughout this. I don't think that they're going to have a lot of hiccups. We've talked about who will improve from this, but I don't think that there's going to be a lot of hiccups with the NFL. I think we're going to be ready to go for the NFL season. College football, I think that's a a, a bigger— pull on that yarn, right? I think that you're pulling that string a little bit, and you're going to reach more problems digging in. So we'll say unnoticed. As far as the NHL and NBA, I haven't discussed it. No new news out of them. They're both still saying they want a season, but we've had nothing concrete. So that's where we sit right now. We're going to come back. I'm going to give you some plays. I really, really like a play I'm going to be giving you in the next five minutes or so. So keep it right here. We'll be back with Wagering Week.
0: Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two-for-two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Justin and so good. Thousands of spring deals at your Nordstrom Rack Store. Save big today on new arrivals from Kate Spade, New York, Nike, Sam Edelman, Free People, and Madewell starting at only $30. Great brands and great prices on dresses, denim, sandals, designer bags, and more. So rack your look and get first dibs on spring styles you want now from just $30 at your Nordstrom Rack Store. What will you find? Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block because there are drinks then there are drinks from McDonald's mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49 perfect with our classic fries price and participation may vary cannot be combined with any other offer Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. and now back to wagering week with Tom Barton I'll bet
1: you 20 bucks I can get the gamble before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. Right. What are the odds? What are the odds? Okay, guys. What are the odds? Well, we're looking into the future, and a little bit into the future here is not always, hey, you got to wait for the future to come. You jump on lines when things are available when a topic is hot. And that's what I did this week. So let's go over the odds and then we'll talk about it. DraftKings put these out. This is the odds to win Comeback Player of the Year award in the NFL. Rob Gronkowski leading the way, plus 300. Ben Roethlisberger, depending on where you're shopping, plus 400 could be up to 450. Alex Smith, Matthew Stafford, and J.J. Watt all plus 700. Derwin James is 12 to 1. AJ Green, 14 to 1. Antonio Brown doesn't have a team, but he's 20 to 1. Nick Foles, 20 to 1. Miles Garrett, 20 to 1. Todd Gurley, 20 to 1. Cam Newton, 20 to 1, who also doesn't have a team. I know, oh, by the way, 100 to 1, Mitch Drabinski. So, yeah, we have some interesting guys here, but I do want to break this down. This is a perfect. Learning point for amateurs out there and even mid-level guys. It doesn't matter necessarily that it's going off and when are you going to cash this nine months from now, 10 months from now, right? You're not going to cash this ticket for a long time. It doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. What matters is you get on top of the news cycle. And what I'm talking about is Rob Gronkowski at plus 300. Rob Gronkowski, comeback player of the year, is plus 300, not... Because people believe it's, well, Rob Gronkowski could have a great year. Not because people believe, oh, Rob Gronkowski is, is just the guy that's going to come back and dominate. No. This has to do because Rob Gronkowski is Rob Gronkowski. He's a name. He's a name that makes his numbers shoot up. If I told you this tight end that loses 30 pounds lost a year of his career retired, decided to come back in an offense that has two other very productive tight ends on it, and he's going to be the number one comeback player of the year over starting quarterbacks, over uh, ex-defensive players of the year? You're going to call me crazy. Rob Gronkowski plus 300 is an awful bet. It's terrible. First of all, we know, what we know about Gronk is this. He has a hard time staying healthy. Even when he was younger, he has a hard time staying healthy. It's going to be very, very rare that Rob Gronkowski plays a full complement of 16 straight games. Rob Gronkowski is actually designed by Belichick, by who he is, by his quarterback. He's designed to take it easy during the year and excel during the playoffs. I think the same thing is going to happen here. So Rob Gronkowski plus 300, we know. We know has a hard time staying healthy. Number two, Rob Gronkowski is going to be with Howard, he's going to be with Cameron Bray. He has Mike Evans to compete with. He has Goodwin to compete with. A lot of targets around there. A lot of places to go for Tom Brady. And Rob Gronkowski missed a year. You can miss a year if you're rehabbing and you're focused on football. Rob Gronkowski was working on uh, you know, his weed store or his weed product, right? And he was in the WWE and he's, he's spiking a Lego dude on New Year's, right? I mean, that's, that's Gronkowski. I'm not ripping him. I mean, running around with the girls like that, I, I'm not, I wish I was Rob. I, I'm not ripping Rob. But his mind for the last year has not been stay in tip top shape, read playbooks <laughs> so I could come back. Uh, I don't think he comes back unless Tom Brady goes to Tampa and asks him to come back. So I don't know if Rob Gronkowski is fully in the mindset. And then you go, you you think to yourself, he's going into a new city. Obviously, he's going to have a couple of big games. But if he's a little bit banged up, don't you think Tom and Bruce Arians and, and the front office are going to say, hey, Rob, sit it out. Don't worry about it. We, we need you for later in the year. Let him take those days off or at least a quarter off. Right, we, we, we won't run him at full speed here. And oh, by the way, Rob Gronkowski reportedly lost upwards of 30 pounds. That's big, too. So an often-injured guy whose mind wasn't on football when he was away loses a year, gets two years older than the last time we saw him, has a team that has him using for a very specific area, and he's leading the odds board at plus 300? Three to one, that's it? Terrible, terrible, absolutely horrible bet, Rob Gronkowski. So let's move down the list a little bit. Let's go to the, the fun ones. We'll go backwards to forwards here. Mitch Strabinsky, 100 to 1. You know, there's been worse bets out there. I don't know if he wins the job. And if he wins the job and all of a sudden you know, looks good, he's got a shot to cash this because people would, would love the story, the redemption story of, oh, my goodness, here comes Mitch. They would love that. I mean, they'd love that but I'm not putting any money on a guy that they just brought in a high-priced veteran winner to supplant him in the offense. And half of Chicago hates this guy. His own club might not like him. His quarterback's coach may not like him. We don't know. We don't know why they brought in Nick Foles, but Trebinsky's up there. Oh, by the way, Nick Foles is up there. And Nick Foles would be a great story if Nick Foles... Took the Bears to the playoffs. Remember, this is all decided before the playoffs begin. So if Nick Foles brought the Bears to the playoffs, people would give him some votes. At 20-1, to he's pretty good there. But again, Nick Foles goes back into the equation and back into the conversation that we said a lot of things about the last two guys. Number one, we don't know if he has a full starting job, right? We don't know how he'll perform in that job. Look, he might bring him to the playoffs, but people go, out. Well, the Bears defense was there. Right? It was the Bears defense. That's what they said when Mitch Trubinsky brought him to the playoffs two years ago. And then the injury aspect. Nick Foles has never stayed healthy, ever. Ever, ever, ever. The guy doesn't stay healthy. So if you're not staying healthy, just like the Gronk situation, I know about you, Nick Foles. I know you're a year older. I know you were hurt last year. I know you missed all last year. I know you're constantly hurt. I I don't love it. I, I can't get behind that. Even at twenty to one, I can't get behind it. Let's talk about Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley is an interesting guy, and he should get a lot of attention here. At twenty to one odds, he is an injury risk for sure. But when he's healthy, he's MVP level. Forget about comeback player of the year level. And now Todd Gurley is interesting because he goes to Atlanta. Atlanta says you're our guy. We all scoff. <laughs> Atlanta's not putting their eggs in the basket of a Todd Gurley. Come on. They've always had two. They always had Freeman and Coleman. They've always had two. Nah, that's not happening. No way. And then they go through the draft. And they go through free agency. And the Atlanta Falcons brought in no one. They did not bring in a high-priced free agent to challenge him. They didn't bring in a guy in the draft, late in the draft, fifth round, sixth round, to maybe push him. No, 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 no. The Atlanta Falcons said, we're going with Todd Gurley. Now, we can make fun of the Atlanta Falcons all we want, and everybody looks at the Super Bowl, but they went there. And Matt Ryan is an above-average quarterback, and he's got really good receivers in Ridley and Jones, and he's got a good offensive line, and every running back that's ever been in that Atlanta system with Matt Ryan produces. If Gurley can stay healthy... This is one that I'm taking a look at. Let's look at the other guys. Cam Newton. I I don't like Cam, but I've spent all offseason saying I think Cam's got a chip on his shoulder. I think he's gonna come in. I think he's gonna be motivated, and I think he's gonna have a great year with whatever team he lands on. Problem is he's not on a team. He's waiting for an injury. I cannot gamble on the idea that Cam Newton might be sitting there in week four, nobody really got injured, nobody takes a shot at Cam Newton, and, and I've lost 14 games, I, or I only have 14 games. I can't take that shot. I can't. Not at 20-1. to 1. I think if Cam signs here before the year, somebody got hurt in summer camp, yeah, I'd take a shot at a motivated chip on his shoulder, Cam Newton, but right now, I can't take a shot on it. Miles Garrett, 20-1. to 1. Here's why I don't go with Miles Garrett. Miles Garrett will not win because the NFL doesn't want to give him the award. Remember, this is a voted on award. And I tell you guys all the time when you're talking about sports betting, you have voted on awards, and then you have awards that you look at and you go, that's pure numbers. I hate to make bets on voted on awards because there are outside factors. Miles Garrett took a player's helmet off and beat him over the head with it last year. Does that constitute comeback player? Hell no. He's a bad look for the league. If somebody else does somewhat good, they're gonna give it to them because they don't want that face on the league. They don't want that award to be handed to a guy that has self-inflicting problems. Which brings me to 21 Antonio Antonio Brown. Anybody believe Antonio Brown could go out there and score 15 touchdowns next year, and he's not winning the damn player, the comeback player of the year award. They're not giving it to him. He's out winning that award? First of all, this is a ridiculous bet. He's 20 to one, he's not on a team. He's probably not going to be on a team. If he is on a team, he's still got to serve the suspension. They're still going to suspend him. So you're betting on Antonio Brown for maybe 12 games, and then you think, do you think the NFL is going to let this guy win an award? Are you nuts? If there, if this was 2000 to one, I wouldn't touch it. This is a terrible bet. Horrible situation with Antonio Brown. AJ Green at 14 to 1. Not a bad situation. The guy gets hurt every year, though. And he is. I know he's got Joe Burrow. And listen, Burrow and Mixon and Green and Boyd, my, I'm a little excited about this Bengals offense, but it's still the Bengals. And a receiver, it's tough. I'm not against AJ Green at 14 to 1. I'm not against it, I'm just not for it. Derwin James, the same thing, a 12-to-1. I think Derwin James is a phenomenal player. I think he's maybe the best safety in the league. Phenomenal player. But how often do safeties win awards like this? How often do you see a safety making even highlight reels? It's far and few between. People don't even know Derwin James' name. I think he's the best safety in the league. I talked him up a couple of drafts ago. I told you he was the best guy coming out. I'm a Florida State guy. I like everything about Derwin James. But I think it's hard for a safety to win this award. So, AJ Green at 14 to 1, Derwin James at 12 to 1. I'm not against it, but I'm not putting my money on it. Let's get to the, the meat guys here, right? JJ Watt, 7 to 1. Uh, this is a former defensive MVP. This is a guy that can take the league by storm whenever he feels like it. I don't think JJ Watt has missed many steps, but. J.J. Watt looked like a different player when he started to lose his complimentary guys. A guy like J- Davion Clowney's gone. He's getting double and triple teamed. And once again, I'll say it again, he's always injured. Always. J.J. Watt, you cannot count on for a full season. At all. So, for that reason, I'm off of J.J. Watt. Alex Smith. I want a roof for Alex Smith, right? And and there is the idea where we talked about uh, you know, Antonio Brown. We talked about Miles Garrett. How the committee doesn't want them to win. We all want Alex Smith to win this award. Every everybody out there that's a sports fan wants Alex Smith to win this award because he's a good story. He's a good guy. He got hurt in a bad situation. He, he's you know in the comeback we've all seen. He almost lost his leg, guys. Guys, he only lost, almost lost his leg. You want to bet Alex Smith. You you're rooting for Alex Smith. That pushes the odds up. Your emotions push the odds up there. Alex Smith should not be 7 to 1 odds. Alex Smith should be 20 to 1 odds. But he's 7 to 1 so that it's lost all its value. Because emotionally we want to root for Alex Smith. So that leaves us with two guys left. Matthew Stafford at 7-1 and Ben Roethlisberger at 4-1. Now, Ben Roethlisberger, I like this pick. I like the 4-1 pick. I like the 4-1 pick on Ben Roethlisberger because I've seen Ben at his best. And I've seen Ben constantly be injured like all these other guys. But usually, Ben is only dinged up. He usually misses a game or two. And that's okay. The Steelers missed the playoffs last year. Missed it completely with a top-line defense. If Ben Roethlisberger walks in, gets his team to the playoffs, he's the starting quarterback on a playoff team, on a team that could not make the playoffs without him, that means something. And Ben is going to put up numbers if he's just out there. So you're betting against Ben, who, oh, by the way, this week it came out. It was funny. Jake Lazard talked about uh, Ben's offseason routine is he does one yoga class, drinks beers, and that's pretty much his his off-season routine. He's the anti-Tom Brady, right? But he's productive. And now he's gained weight, but he didn't gain weight. He gained mass. He said he's been studying playbooks. We heard about that all year. I think Ben Roethlisberger, 4-1, to is a good bet here. Maybe your best bet. But Matthew Stafford's not someone I'm overlooking. Matthew Stafford has had a good career, guys. He's had a good career. He is a solid quarterback. He doesn't get hurt all the time. He got hurt last year, and that was it. The Lions have a pretty good team around him. Now, I'm not talking about Super Bowl Lions. I'm talking about a pretty solid team where he could do some damage. Matthew Stafford's a guy that could throw for 4,500 yards, maybe 5,000 yards. Matthew Stafford's always put up numbers. He's just never had the team wins. If Matthew Stafford, who, oh, by the way, is a quarterback, and in these awards that matters, Matthew Stafford puts up, let's say, 4,700 yards, throws 33, 34 touchdown passes, and the Lions squeak into a wild card, Matthew Stafford's winning this award. Now, I get it, 4-1, to 7-1, to one, they're not the biggest odds. On something like this, you have to decide do you want to play it strategically or do you want to take a shot? If you are rolling the dice and you want to take a shot, I think 20 to 1 odds, Todd Gurley makes the most sense. The free job in Atlanta, no competition behind him. Todd Gurley has the ability to do big things. The injuries are prevalent with most guys on this list. That's why it's a comeback player. But Todd Gurley... I don't know if those knees are breaking down or if rest and relaxation could kind of <laughs> help him out. Was he in a bad system with Todd McVay? I can't say that. Well, Sean McVay, I'm sorry. I can't say that. Todd Gurley it was in a good system, good offense. So you want to roll the dice? Okay, Todd Gurley, if you want to actually sit back and you want to make some money, Roethlisberger at 4-1 makes sense. Stafford at 7-1 to makes sense. And I'll tell you this. Here's the thing. You don't really want to bet two of this. So you got to kind of make your decision early on when you're betting a futures play like this, like a comeback player of the year, something that is voted on, something that's looked at in this light. If you're doing that, you got to make your decision between Roethlisberger and Stafford. You've got to go with one or the other. You don't want, because the odds are so low. Right, I mean, if you're going to put $100 on 4-1, to one, you're only getting $400 back. But if you also put it on Stafford, that means you're only winning 200 bucks with Roethlisberger. And it's the same thing with Stafford. You're cutting your odds directly in half by taking two players. So you don't want to take two players. You want to just take one. While I just sang the praises of Matt Stafford, and he is healthier, and he is younger, and he is a guy that I don't mind you taking at 7-1, to one, my bet's going to be Roethlisberger. I think the Steelers are a playoff team this year. I've said that for quite some time. I think their defense is fantastic. I think Juju Smith-Schuster didn't have a very good year last year because he didn't have Big Ben. Not because he didn't have a number one guy, because he didn't have Big Ben. The Steelers brought in a tight end to help out. Ben likes the tight end. The Steelers also cultivated other wide receivers last year. If Big Ben is Big Ben what he's been his entire career... And I'm including missing a game or two for getting dinged up. Big Ben wins this award going away. There's not a lot of competition. Somebody would absolutely have to just dominate to win this award other than Ben. I'm telling you now, it's not Gronk. And the fact that Miles Garrett and Antonio Brown are on this list are ridiculous. Big Ben's only competition to me is Stafford, not Gronk. And I'll take my chances, I will roll the dice, and I'll take Big Ben. That is what are the odds. All right, guys. Now we're going to look at something else. I got a little bit here. You want to talk about futures plays? Well, how about we go bet to the future? We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet to bet to the future. All right, guys, Bet to the Future brings us to Defensive Player of the Year. We had the draft. The draft is all in the books. We look at the Defensive Player of the Year. This is interesting, and it certainly can make you money. Very rarely do people look at defense. Very rarely do you look at Defensive Player of the Year, but there's some hidden value here. Chase Young, obviously, first defensive player off the board. He's going to go real high. Plus two fifty, you got no value there. Chase Young could take this league by storm, and Chase Young probably will be a really good player. And, and look, I'll say it, probably you should win this award. But at plus two fifty, there's just no value there. I'm gonna stay away from that. You have Isaiah Simmons at six to one, Patrick Queen at ten to one, Kenneth Murray at eleven to one, Jeff Acuna sixteen to one, Chaseen twenty to one, Derek Brown twenty five to one, Kinlaw twenty five to one, Willie Gay twenty five to one, uh, Apensa thirty three to one. Grant Delpit 33 to 1, McKinney 33 to 1, Henderson 33 to 1, Terrell 33 to 1, Duggar 33 to 1, Winfield 35 to 1, and Gladney 40 to 1. These cornerbacks and safeties um, are just in a bad spot. It's hard for a cornerback or a safety to win. It it just is. They're not going to get the attention unless they get a bunch of interceptions. If you're a shut down corner, you're not winning this award. You're doing your job, and you're not You're not winning this award. So that's where we have that with that. How about A.J. Appenza? Everyone loves this guy. I just think that the Bills' defense is just so big that they're going to use him and so good. They're going to use him a little interesting. I, I, I don't think he's a guy that you look at and you go, okay, we're going to jump on him. Isaiah Simmons is going to get all kinds of love. He's six to one odds. The Cardinals are going to use him all over the field. He has the potential to make this look uh, kind of like a joke, like almost. And of course, he should have won situation. The problem is, is that I think with a unique talent like that, you need a year. You need a year to see what you have. You need a year to kind of see what you have. So, if you are asking me, I think value wise, Willie Gay Jr., who's a linebacker for the Chiefs, who's giving me twenty five to one odds. I think that is somebody I would take a shot at. The the Chiefs are loaded on offense. At defense, they're good, but they do have some holes. And I said this before the Super Bowl last year that I worry about the linebacker position. Well, here he is. Guy runs a 4-4-6. He's really fast. Sideline to sideline guy. And I think he's going to get a lot of tackles. A lot of teams are going to employ the whole let's keep Patrick Mahomes off the field approach this year. And if you're keeping the Chiefs off the field approach, well, what are you going to do? You're going to try to run the ball, right? And if you're trying to run the ball, who's going to be there to stop you? Well, Willie Gay, twenty-five to one odds. On. So I'll take my shot there. I think Chase Young, you know, probably will win it, but there's no value there. Everyone's going to love Isaiah Simmons. I-, I get it. I I understand the arguments behind behind everybody, and I don't love this pay- play, but I'll throw a little a little bit on Willie Gay Jr., who uh, I think in Kansas City system absolutely could win. All right, guys, let's keep it with the football theme. I got a couple of things uh, I want to talk about. First of all, R.I.P. to Don Shula, uh, one of the greatest of all time. I hesitate to call him the greatest of all time, and there was a conversation this week of does he belong on the Mount Rushmore? And I hate the Mount Rushmore argument because I always feel like I'm leaving somebody out. I'd rather say who's top five than the Mount Rushmore because the Mount Rushmore is only for four. You know, guys like Hallis and Lombardi, and I think Belichick go up there, and then you know you have that that next guy. You, You there's a lot. I don't even want to start naming coaches because there's a lot, a lot. Of coaches that could go up there. Don Shula, to me, you just simply say one of the greatest of all time. You want to argue that he is the greatest of all time? That That's an argument that you know, can be had. One of the greatest of all time. RIP to John, Don Shula. Now, I want to go a little bit into the Aaron Rodgers conversation. This is something that we talked about, why I hate Aaron Rodgers in fantasy this year. I don't like him as an MVP level. Um, Peter King wrote that Aaron Rodgers... I'll tell you. This is what he said. I'll tell you what Aaron thinks about the Packers taking Jordan Love. He's pissed off. Yeah. I I think he's going to be mad. But a lot of people are equating to Aaron Rodgers angry as Aaron Rodgers going out there and just having this awesome year. I think it could work against him. We've seen his teammates say that he's a bad teammate to play with. He's a bad guy to play with. He gets frustrated with people, throws the ball into the stands. He gets annoyed. I think this could work against him. You know, so that was an interesting quote. I wanted to bring up. Um, obviously, there's some time. Jordan Love is is it, it caused a lot of fervor, and the Packers very well, very well, are going to have to make a decision, or very well soon could make a decision. Um, you know, the next year or two, they're going to see what they have in Jordan Love, but it's not. Right now, I don't think this moves the needle one way or the other. Everybody's saying that Aaron Rodgers is angry, so he's going to have a great year. Well, I go back and I go, you know, there's evidence that he could have a bad year. There's evidence on the other. Frank Gore this week signs with the New York Jets. Frank Gore is a guy, I know you Daily Fantasy guys love him, And, and to me, and the reason I'm bringing up Frank Gore, not just because it happened this week, I'm bringing up Frank Gore because we talk about betting here. And I'm not looking at Frank Gore to win a rushing title. I'm not looking at Frank Gore to, uh, you know, be an MVP or anything like that. So, in traditional betting, maybe you could overlook Frank Gore. But you daily fantasy betting guys out there, and I am a a daily guy as well as a season-long, I could tell you from two perspectives. In a season-long league, Frank Gore is always kind of the last guy I take. I, I, I'm, I want him on my team. He sits on my bench for 10 weeks and somewhere in weeks like 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, somewhere in there I need to plug him in. I feel comfortable and he usually gets me enough points where I feel fine with the decision. So from a daily fantasy perspective, Frank Gore is that guy. Is he a guy that you could plug and play, get him on the cheap? Yeah, maybe he is. Now, there are some against him, and then there's some four. Let's look at the four. Um, Frank Gore is going to the Jets, who Adam Gase has misused people all over the place, but he clearly likes to run the ball. He's got 15 straight years with 500 yards, 15 straight years with 125 attempts, 15 straight years, guys. He also needs just under 1,400 yards to move to second all-time on the all-time list. I think he can get those 500 yards and keep it at 16 straight years. I don't know if he gets 125 attempts, but it wouldn't shock me if he did. So he could continue to get to that six, 16th year plateau. He's going to be 37 years old, though. He only averaged 3.6 yards per carry last year. That was the lowest of his career. And now here's the kicker. Le'Veon Bell's in front of him? Le'Veon Bell averaged 3.2. I think we could all, without any kind of judgment here, I think we could all sit back and say, Frank Gore is a better player. I'm sorry, uh, Le'Veon Bell is a better player than Frank Gore right now, right? But it didn't show up. Now, Frank Gore was put in, 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 obviously, a different team, different perspective. How will Adam Gase go about this? I think that the Jets are a very, very, very unique betting team this year. And I'm staying far away. They are one of the hardest teams I've had to handicap looking at the season coming up. Adam Gase is a disaster. He is a disaster. I don't think that there's any doubt about that. They have a lot of good weapons. Sam Darnold is a really good quarterback at times. At times, this guy sees ghosts, right? I mean, we know it. The wide receivers are spotty. But I like their tight ends, which no one talks about. I like the fact that the Jets got better on the offensive line. And Le'Veon Bell is a massive talent, but he's a massive talent a couple of years ago. Right? I mean, Le'Veon Bell, we're looking at three years removed from the last time he was relevant. Three years. The average lifespan of a running back is three years. Most running backs do not last 10 years in the league. You take three years away from Le'Veon Bell, and you're going, that's one-third of his career. I don't know who Le'Veon Bell is anymore. I'm not sure Le'Veon Bell knows who he is anymore. I certainly don't think Adam Gase knows who he is anymore. So you bring in Francois Insurance, but can he be a guy that can carry the load? Yeah, I think maybe. Now, the question comes up, is he Hall of Famer? I think, I think he certainly is. Certainly. Is. Oh, by the way, I, I I had to tell you guys this because I love these these random numbers and these random stats. Sam Mellinger, uh, works down in Kansas City, uh, gave this stat out. I want to give him proper credit. Frank Gore rushed for 1,695 yards when Patrick Mahomes was in fifth grade. <laughs> uh, I love the old guy stats. Like, how old is the old guy kind of stats? Those are always fun. Um, Okay, let's have a little fun here. We usually talk about nothing but sports and and, and wagering and how we can intertwine them. But I want to have just a little bit of fun here and talk about something that fell through the cracks. A comment that very easily could be forgotten in, in a month. Or, oh my goodness, we could be sitting here in six months and it could be the sporting event of the year. I am talking about a comment that could be the sporting event of the year. And I am not overblowing it. This is a comment nobody really mentioned. Nobody really got into. I haven't seen any other shows really talk about it. But ladies and gentlemen, I uh, I am, am just crazy at the idea that maybe there's a glimmer of hope. I don't know how much hope, but there's a glimmer. And let me explain this. So we've all watched... Uh, on, on, look, we're all addicted to social media here, especially in the pandemic when we're just uh, kind of secluded at home. We've all seen, and if not, I, I will explain it to you, but we've all seen the video of, you know, like a 100-year-old Mike Tyson throwing hands in the gym and, and showing quickness. Well, wow. That was pretty impressive. Yeah, those that didn't see it, Mike Tyson's messing around in the gym, and, and he is throwing hands, and he's quick, and he's doing the Mike Tyson duck and come back under. Anybody that's ever played Mike Tyson's punch out, you know what I'm talking about. Anybody that's ever seen a Mike Tyson fight, you certainly know what I'm talking about. So Mike Tyson uh, puts out this, this video, and then he puts out another video. And over the last couple of months, I've seen Mike Tyson quite a few times, but I haven't seen Mike Tyson in silly Las Vegas movies. No, 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 no. I haven't seen Mike Tyson um, talking about his pigeons. No, 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 no. I haven't seen Mike Tyson uh, making the news because he's getting a face tattoo or because he's in a fight with Don King or doing any of that. No. What I watched Mike Tyson become over the last six months or so is a guy that's trying to remind us that he's a fighter. I've seen multiple videos of how quickly Mike Tyson's throwing hands. I've seen multiple videos of how fast Mike Tyson you know, looks. The questions come up, and you inevitably got it. Would you take $20,000 to last two minutes with Mike Tyson? You know, how much? Would take a million dollars to last a round with Mike Tyson? First of all, oh, by the way, the answer is always no, because you'll likely die. So death is not worth any amount of money. But... We're looking at this, and that's who he's created. Think about the Mike Tyson, the fighter, was dominant, could not be beat. That was his persona. That was his perspective. That's who he was. And then he kind of snapped, went a little crazy. Right, bitten an ear, did this. Then he wanted everybody to know. Right, he used to want everybody to know he was from a bad part of the Bronx, and and he he was this guy, and he, had, you know, this is Brownsville is where he's from, not the Bronx. Brownsville is where he's from, and this is where I'm. Then he wanted everyone to know, you know, he was a little, he was a little out there, and then he had problems, and he was this poor guy that got taken advantage of, and then he loved his pigeons, and then he got into the funny stuff, and he was doing comedy, and he was doing movies. He did a stand-up uh, sort of thing. It, Mike Tyson has reno- really turned around and taken his career, and he's rejuvenated it. But he's told us what he's doing. I'm going to be a comedy guy now. I'm going to be doing this. I want you to think. Mike Tyson, all of a sudden, is showing us he's in the gym constantly and he's showing us how fast he is. Well, getting to the comment. Mike Tyson's trainer came out and said this, and this was word for word. He could return. I saw his speed, and that's the speed of a 21 or a 22-year-old. Mike Tyson's trainer. Now, is that hyping this up? is that, hey, Mike's got a little attention. I'm going to just say how great he is and and make people not forget how great he is. Yeah, certainly, there's there's an aspect of that. But guys, I've seen it too many times before. I've seen old fighters. This is not just Balboa, you know, the movie. I've seen old fighters. George Foreman comes to mind. That leave... The public eye, leave the ring, leave the arena, go do other things. The George Foreman grill was great, right? Go do other things, other avenues, and then kind of want to come back and prove a point. And they want to prove a point of what they can be. Now, if you look at a picture from Mike Tyson from a year ago to Mike Tyson now, they say Mike Tyson has shed 25 pounds and he's pure muscle. I, I saw the picture. He, he he's, His gut is gone tremendously down and he is cut if you have watched that video of his speed i agree with mike tyson's trainer that mike tyson's speed is there i don't know if a 21 or 22 year old but it's there mike tyson's still a bad man he's still a dangerous guy now we look at the overall feel of this mike tyson we know wants to be in the public eye he always has Mike Tyson, we know, also has financial problems, or had them. Maybe he doesn't anymore, but you know, he's always looking out for that buck. And we look at what has happened to boxing recently. Mayweather's fighting Conor McGregor. It's not even a boxing match, really. I mean, it's ridiculous. And, and that is the number one draw, and that's the biggest payday ever. And old Mayweather, who's on the break of retirement, is fighting other guys that probably shouldn't be in the ring, right? Old, retired. The old, retired thing continues to come up. Uh, go ask 90% of Americans who's the heavyweight champion right now. Nobody knows. Nobody knows. The heavyweight division, boxing itself, it's all gone. But you know how quickly you can get back? Mike Tyson coming back. If Mike Tyson decides to make a comeback, he will get paid massively. It will be the sporting event of the year, hands down. I don't. I don't even need to see Mike Tyson look this fast or in this good a shape to tell you that's a payday. Who does Mike Tyson face? I don't know. I, I'm not sure. But I will tell you this, people will watch, people will buy that pay-per-view, bars will be packed, people will be excited, the sports betting world will jump on top of it. And if Mike Tyson loses, hey, took a shot, took a shot, came back, Mike's always been a fighter, doesn't hurt his legacy. If Mike Tyson wins, he's the face of boxing again. He immediately becomes the face of boxing again. The number one draw in the sport. That is how Mike Tyson elevates that fast. I don't think he wins a championship. I don't even know if they they would give him an opportunity to, to do that. But a Mike Tyson return, if you asked me a week ago, I would have told you, no chance. But I'm starting to get that feel, guys that we're starting to lay the groundwork first you see videos then you see the body then you hear the trainer talking the next thing in the next couple of weeks what we're going to hear is other people other boxers saying oh yeah you know he looks good oh oh yeah you'll start to hear commentators oh oh, they're gonna say what i said oh it looks good i'm not gonna put it past him. it's not crazy to think that mike tyson could come back oh you know maybe maybe he's not right? I mean, this is the things that you're going to start to hear. The man is 53 years old. I'm not saying he's young. He's 53 years old. But ladies and gentlemen, I think that there's a chance. And with all of the, we're locked down, coronavirus, pandemic, no sports, bad news. Who knows? This could turn around to be the, you know, the next great year, right? I mean, really good. As bad as things are now, we could have the next great sports year, and this would just be kind of a cherry on top. I don't even know if I'm rooting for him to come back because he's old and I don't want to see that Mike Tyson, but I'm starting to buy the hype if there's any hype. I'm just going by what his trainer said. And, guys, I think not only would he come back from a betting perspective, aren't we all throwing our money on Mike? (laughs) <laughs> right? Aren't we all just throwing our money on Mike? I don't care who he find. I don't even care. Like, you kind of just want him to, you know, throw your money on Mike. I'm not advising it, by the way. Uh, but it's an interesting thing that fell through the cracks. And I don't think it's going to fall through the cracks too long. I think we're going to be talking in two or three months. And I'm going to go, remember what I told you guys? Remember what we had the conversation about? So that's it. Gave you a couple of winners for today. NFL schedules are coming out this week. That'll be interesting for next week's show. I'm Tom Barton for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that.
0: This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be a part of the show, call one 4 garden That's one 442 7836 Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at SportsGarden.com.